Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first ever Nectara podcast. Um, and Nectara's podcast is we're going to be exploring life as a ceremony and the deep and intentional integration process with psychedelics. Um, and part of our offering here on, on the podcast will be sp speaking with amazing people uh, like Lini Neumeyer, who's a good friend of mine and lives in Caslow just like I do. Um, and Lini has been a, a huge influence in my own integration process. And I'm so thrilled that we can join together here and listen to some of the wisdom she has to share. Hi, Lini. Hi, Pascal. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. Um, Lini, what, what do you, what's, your, what's your life story? How did, how did you get here? And uh, what's your relationship to, to psychedelics and integration? Oh my God, that's a huge question. Um, I know. <laughs> um, I grew up in the Bavarian Alps in Germany. And in my early 20s, I traveled to Canada and I stayed in Canada. Um, mm -hmm. And at that time, I was mainly into like outdoor adventure, outdoor education. Um, I was doing some racing. I was mm -hmm. like in the world of, I guess, adrenaline junkies. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And then in my um, late 40s, all of a sudden, I had this huge shift happening where um, I think the purpose of my life became quite clear. And I started stu studying Chinese medicine. So mm -hmm. I did a five-year doctorate program and was absolutely fascinated by this ancient medicine and, um, and then started practicing um, in, in the Kootenays, uh, where I've lived for the last 30 years. Um, so, mm -hmm. so yeah, so that's kind of the short version. And how I connected with psychedelics was with um, Richard and Richard Kay and and Jillian Maxwell, who founded the Sentinel, and they have been friends of mine for the last twenty five years. Mm -hmm. um, and I started my clinic at the Sentinel, so where inevitably then was uh, was integrated into the whole plant medicine. Uh, healing modality. Mm -hmm. Thanks for sharing. And yeah, Richard and Jillian have been a big part of, of our journey as well and interfacing with psychedelics. And the Sentinel does amazing work with uh, in, in the field. Um, and so for you, when you got to the Sentinel, like your background with psychedelics was fairly minimal at the time? Yeah, fairly, fairly minimal. Um, I did not have any experience with um, plant medicine on that level, uh, but also realized that this new healing modality called Chinese medicine um, is a beautiful framework for integrating, preparing, um, and, and um, connecting with plant medicines. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
And things have changed a lot in 25 years. Um, what have you noticed from when you arrived as Sentinel on the Kootenays um, 20, 25 years ago or 30 years ago? And, and what's happened now with the emergence of psychedelics being kind of, you know, on the stock market and the mainstream media? Uh, Will Smith has done ayahuasca 12 times, apparently. Um, there's a basketball player who wrote um, a documentary around his experiences. Uh, Mike Tyson is part of a company. Um, things have changed a lot. And what have you noticed in the space um, from your personal perspective? Yeah, like, I mean, 25 years ago here in the Kootenays, um, they have used plant medicine, especially cannabis and psilocybin, more on a recreational basis. And mm -hmm. the way... I see it right now, it's more ceremonial and it is more focused on, on how can we heal with these beautiful plants, how can plants help us to um, reach higher potentials. And so I think what I see is now is like there's more mm -hmm. intention around it um, mm -hmm. and more education around um, the the beautiful aspects of, of plant medicine. Um, I mean, I'm using a lot of plant medicine myself, like Chinese medicine, Chinese herbs are just like, I always call them my angels that are supporting us in our journey of, of dysfunction in the body. And so, so here in the Kootenays, I think um, more and more people are arriving to show up for the inner healing with a more guided concept, with a more, uh, with a concept of community as well, not doing it alone, right? Being held throughout the process. So I, I definitely have seen quite a shift in the last, let's say, eight years. Mm -hmm. And what have you seen specifically in terms of, you mentioned intention, ceremony, and then Agnetar, we're always very passionate about integration. Like, what have you noticed in um, the emergence of integration as um, an essential part of the experience? Um, a lot of people like to enter these peak experiences, but uh, the integration has often been, you know, sometimes a second thought for a lot of people. What have you seen there in terms of evolution? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, with a little bit of experience I have, like I've seen that um, I, I've treated numerous patients that did not receive any integration um, who are just who weren't held afterwards um, mm -hmm. and also what I've seen is like patients that went into plant ceremonies very deficient because to in Chinese medicine um, plant medicine is um, is toxic heat Right? And toxic heat mm. is hard for the body to um, to absorb, to integrate, and to deal with. And when the body mm -hmm. is extremely sensitive and or deficient, um, toxic heat can do damage. And so, so what I've seen is that um, either um, people have done a lot of plant medicine with deficiency in the body and then experienced even more hardship, or um, were kind of left hanging with no integration. So I've seen that, but I also have seen beautiful success stories where that mm -hmm. was not the case and people were held a lot, right? Like so, so, so both is happening. And I think that what 
what you guys are doing and what um, what Richard and Jillian are doing. I mean, you are trying to to create an experience that is conducive to healing, conducive to transformation. Mm-hmm. I, I'm curious to hear more about um, people that entered ceremonies with a deficiency in their body. Like from from your Eastern medicine perspective, like how does someone prepare for a psychedelic experience from a you know mind, body, and soul perspective? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it could it depends for everyone, but kind of like general ideas around that so that people out there that are entering maybe their first ceremonies like what's a good kind of framework to operate from to enter them Mm -hmm. uh, those ceremonies Mm -hmm. in in a good way Mm -hmm. right right yeah one of the things i mean here we go i might be a little bit biased because i'm a chinese medicine (laughs) practitioner but but have um a support person to to check your health to make sure that your your just physiological body is ready for this, is able to be in this yang world, right? Like when we are taking plant medicines, we are in the yang world. We are in the in the universal world of 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 um, our realm. And when we are in this extreme yang world, from a Chinese med- medicine standpoint, we do need the equal or even more of the yin world, which is our body and our our blood and our nourishment, that groundedness, that root chakra, right? Root and sacral chakra. And so so first I would say that somebody um, should get checked out a little bit and, and um, have a diagnosis if this plant medicine is actually um, what the body can, can deal with. Right? And if not, mm-hmm. then preparing for it, like really building blood um, and uh, perhaps exercising and just coming to a, a little bit more of a healthier state. Right? And then, mm-hmm. um, so that, that is very important in my mind so that we can truly go into a ceremony with resources and not fully depleted. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, you cut off there for a sec. But yes, that's really interesting. The The idea of like yin and yang energy with psychedelics is something I don't hear a lot about. Um, could you give me, give us an example of uh, what's what would be like a yin medicine and what would be a yang medicine? Like I'm assuming something like ayahuasca is like super yang energy where it's kind of clubs you over the head. <laughs> but yeah. like how, how, how do you interface with that in terms of like, okay, I'm going to do ayahuasca or I'm going to do wachuma or I'm going to do maybe psilocybin like tell us more about that yin yang quality of the medicines Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah you you nailed it there um and I've never taken ayahuasca it's way too strong for me (laughs) um uh and it's of course very personal as well but but you're already differentiating between more um toxic heat and less toxic heat right and so more more um like stronger medicines and and less strong medicines and i'm not really not an expert in plant medicine uh but but the yin aspect when we are talking about yin we are talking about 
the like the blood in Chinese mm-hmm. medicine, how nutritional is our blood to support our tissues, our organs, in order to look at this plant medicine that is extremely young and say, okay, we have resources to to support this experience. Mm-hmm. And so, so what makes blood be more uh, nutritional or stronger, richer, is good food, right? Is good timing of when we put food in our body and mm-hmm. how we absorb the food, um, integrating the central nerve system. So with that comes our ability to eat without stress or our choice we make to eat without stress so that we can absorb this good food that we are eating. And then, of course, the quality of the food builds blood. Um, organic mm-hmm. food over over processed food, right? Right. So, yeah, so we are building blood. We are building yin with diet, right? We are building yin with lifestyle, right? There is like also this concept of exercise, of course. We are building yin with being in parasympathetic through our meditation, right? Through our conscious awareness of of honoring the body in its highest potential, right? And that's mm-hmm. very closely linked to self-love, of course. And I love myself so much that I only put the best in my food under the best circumstances, right? And that builds right. yin. And then when we go into, with that, with that richness of yin, of blood, and well-nourished organs and tissues, then we are... Um, experience of a plant medicine with a good foundation right and yet in our sessions a lot of times you mentioned like balancing the inputs of the outputs um and in this case it seems like you know maybe the heavier the ceremony or the therapy session you're going to be doing the more you should be much more careful about the inputs inside your body so if you're going to do a five-day retreat with ayahuasca, you probably want to take weeks ahead of time to really dial your body and your blood and your breath and your your tissues so that you can prepare. And um, is it, you know, is it safe to say then that the preparation is really part of the integration, really, because you're the way you enter the experience is how you're going to be leaving it, really, and how you're really going to get the most out of it is really by nourishing yourself beforehand. Yeah, for sure. I I 100% agree with that. Um, I mean, traditionally, when you look at um, ceremonies, um, fasting ceremonies or um, plant medicine ceremonies, um, people prepare themselves for a long period of time. They have been connecting with a shaman for years on end before they even started taking the medicine, before they were allowed to take the medicine, right? There was a huge spiritual preparation. There was a huge mental Mm -hmm. preparation. There was a huge body preparation. And then that plant medicine was given um, not as frequently either, like only once a year, right? Or once Mm -hmm. every five years. And in between, in between that, you really integrated that experience uh, to every little fraction of it, right? Like you really, right. you really um, went deep into it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
a big part around that I personally find is fasting as well, right? That, that there is like a fasting program before you go into your into your plant medicine experience to really allow for that emptiness, for that plant medicine to um, to express itself in this potential of emptiness, in this potential of opportunity. Um, mm. And, you know, I, I, I personally find that that sometimes plant medicines are taken so frequently that um, do we really create space in order to process mm. what happened? Right. That's true. It, 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 it does happen fairly often, and I've done that before. Um, you know, especially in the first years of my healing journey, it's like, oh, let's do more because more is better, right? Like, the more healing I get, the better I get. But, you know, eventually my body just told me, like, you know what? You need to sit down, chill out a little bit, and integrate. Uh, and that was the best lesson I've ever had. It was like, don't do psychedelics. Don't do medicine. Um, and I got that message because I, was, I wasn't listening to my own body. So when we do sessions together, a lot of times you ask me, like, Pascal, what does your body want? And so for someone, you know, yes, you can get help from a, a consultant or a doctor or a therapist or a really good friend, but there's also the inner wisdom of your own body that people can be like, like, body, what do you want at this time? And um, tell us more about, like, this concept of uh, questioning the body and, and, and scanning and asking questions like the inner emperor or empress is what you call it sometimes, right? Like that's a really good tool for people out there. Yeah. Thank you, Pascal, for opening that subject. It's one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> <laughs> it's that listening to your emperor or empress, right? Like in Chinese medicine, the emperor, uh, the emperor or the heart is the emperor of the body or the empress of the body because every meridian either directly or indirectly connects with the heart. So when the heart is broken or injured or not attended to or guarded or sad or angry, like all hell breaks loose. And so, mm -hmm. so this somatic way of listening to the heart, this dialogue and conversation between your brain and the heart, I find extremely important because our society is so brain driven, right? We were raised to be intelligent. We were raised to be, um, to be, uh, to conceptualize things and analyze things, right? We were not trained to truly listen to our heart. And so mm -hmm. this concept of listening to the heart and preparing for, um, for this, this, um, this intelligence that the that the tissue have has is 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 very very important and and I always talk about the truth. What is the truth? And you have heard me saying the brain is a little bit of a bullshit machine, right? <laughs> Whereas the heart is the truth, right? So mm -hmm. when we get the brain out of the way, and I love the brain, of course, right? The brain is very important, but when we start giving the brain a ticket to Mexico to hang on the beach and you just have a conversation with the heart, then we're talking and then we are talking to this truth of who am I and who do I need to be for myself? Right? Mm 
Mm-hmm. And so, so this this emperor or this empress is our our soul. It's the expression of our soul within our body. And so, I I find it so important to connect with that, connect with that um, deep heart frequency. This mm-hmm. this center of our magnetic field in order to make decisions for ourselves that are filled with a purpose why we are here and not just a reasoning like the brain would give us and so so yeah that listening of the body is very very important and physiologically physiologically i mean we do have these these mini brains that are going down our spinal cord they're called ganglions and they are they are small little bundles of of um, nerves that give us information give us information when we are in this state of meditation this state of relaxation this state of safety like we can we can connect with those those mm-hmm. very intuitive central nerve system um, sensations that we can have a dialogue with, a conversation, and and really hone into this this truth of ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of wisdom in that. I've experienced it myself. Like Lini telling me every time I go there because I have body pain. It's like, what does your body need? And then I ask myself, and my brain is like overriding that sometimes because I'm such a brain-heavy person typically. But uh, I'd say one of the most transformative practices I've been implementing in my life, uh, in my integration process, is waking up in the morning and connecting with my heart um, mm. and listening to it and connecting with that first before I go out in the world and do things. Um, and there's a lot of wisdom in that and just slowing down and intuitively tap into that center of, of intelligence. Um, so thank you for that, Lini, and thank you for sharing uh, with, with others as well um, and how it can help people with intention setting and preparation and um, and just basically integrating their experiences because they've, they've created the space for it. Um, and another big factor for integration that we've talked about is the seasons and when you first mentioned this to me um, I was quite astonished by just how much depth and uh, meaning there is in the concept of aligning the seasons with um, the practices that we do or aligning the seasons with the medicines that we're doing or aligning the seasons with um, our integration process um, and we live in a four-season climate in the Kootenays here where like the winters are really wintry and the summers are really summery. Um, and then the two seasons in between are have their own distinct like levels of moisture and rainfall and sunlight. And everything changes with the seasons. And how do we relate that to integration and psychedelics and healing in general? Right, right. Yeah, like, I mean, maybe we should... Um go a little bit into the into that um, five element theory if that is okay with you and mm-hmm. um, and learn a little bit more how Chinese medicine is actually looking at the season from an elemental standpoint so um, so in Chinese medicine we of course have the yin yang theory 
right, which comes out of the Tao. So we have a yin and a yang, or you can call it a minus and a plus. And out of the, the concepts of yin and yang come the five elements. And in Chinese medicine, it's the wood element, the fire element, the earth element, the metal element, and the water element. And they're all interconnected into a pattern of sacred geometry. And we can maybe, for the listeners, we can put, a, put up a, a chart at one point to demonstrate that. Um, but what, what, when we talk about seasons, we're talking that the wood energy, the wood energy is the spring. So the spring goes dynamically upward in its energy right so we are talking mm-hmm. about we are po- talking about more light we are talking about the liver and the gallbladder like right? so we are talking about this concept of vitality of like new beginnings we are talking about the concept of of extra energy to perch right so this mm-hmm. is the time for example when i do my liver gallbladder cleanse with my patients right it's because the the seasons are helping us to get rid of old stuff from the winter and the seasons are are inviting us to eat bitters right like that's why mugwort mm-hmm. grows in the spring not in the fall it's just like to really perch out and and and, and get rid of toxins right mm-hmm. And then we are going into the into the fire element, which is from an organ standpoint, the heart and the small intestine. And we are talking about the meridians and the organs, of course. But then the summer, its energy is going outwards, right? And we are eating more raw food. We are eating more um, cold foods because it's 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 hot outside. Like the body can afford to eat cold foods. Right. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the winter, if you keep, if you eat cold foods, you can totally damage your 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 digestion system. Right. Mm-hmm. And then in the fall, we have more this inward spiraling energy. We are preparing for winter, and in this inward spiraling, that's the element of metal. Right. We are eating more foods that are uh, pungent, like the onions, for example, or we are eating warmer foods all of a sudden, not so much like, like too many big salads. We're in the summer, we have huge salads. We don't, we don't care. We can, we can afford it. Right. And then of course, in the winter, we are eating more the, the stews and the soups and no salads and the, Mm -hmm. which is then the element of water and Earth, the element of Earth, which represents the spleen and stomach, then um, in, is integrated in all of them a little bit. Mm-hmm. Especially just before the new season starts, that's usually a concept of Earth, right? and 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 so so there are also these concepts around when we heal Earth. We are attending to all of the other ones, right? So, mm-hmm. in preparation, dependent on when people are actually um, taking a plant ceremony experience, then we we see what season are we in, right? Or like what is conducive to to nourishing the body in preparation, and also after after the ceremony. Um, as integration, what can nourish me the most in order to really integrate the experience? And so, 
So it depends、mm-hmm. on when the ceremony is. Depends on what the what what season we are in.、Um, we would support the body in a different way. And and I also think that that for example, you take one one.、Uh, One plant ceremony. Let's say we take psilocybin. It will be a different experience in the spring than it is in the summer, or in the fall, or in the winter. Right? The plant、mm-hmm. medicine itself knows the energetics of your body that is represented.、Um, that represents the season. We feel different in the winter than we feel in the summer. Right? So the plant itself synergistically. Um, connects different with our cells, with our receptors, and so the seeds are very important to to look at.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's fascinating. I find it fascinating, and we'll go into a higher level even in the seasons in a moment. But I'm really curious about the seasons and how it relates to plant medicines, and also the body type. So, how does the body type of each person change?、Um, Their relationship to seasons and and psychedelics.、Um, I know I have a, a a different body type than my partner, and we like what works for us doesn't work for for both of us. So how does someone like deepen their knowledge about that? Is it like reading you know, you know, books or like you know how how would someone get educated on like what could work better for their body than than someone else's? Right, that's a very、uh, tricky question, Pascal, <laughs> because it's like you said, it's very individual. And in Chinese medicine, you know, looking at the five elements, like there are people that are more wood people, there are people that are more fire people, and more earth, metal, or water people. Right, it depends on what your your body type is. But often, when like for example, what I what I see. Often, when we have like an Earth type person, for example, Earth type people are are very grounded. Very, some of them are a little bit heavier, right? Like it's a very different body type. And、mm-hmm. the the pathology around Earth type people, when we are too earthy,、uh, we become lethargic. We become slow, right? We we can't really、mm-hmm. absorb food properly anymore, right? We're gaining weight, right? So. So、mm-hmm. when we are, when we are、um, trying to heal, and we are in a specific season, let's say for an Earth type person, we are in the Earth season. We need to get more dynamic in the body, and we need to add more wood or more fire in order to、mm-hmm. to create more momentum, more Yang Chi, because Earth is very Yin, right? So it's it depends、mm-hmm. on on what type you have, and then what.、Mm-hmm. Medicine, you would you would、um, mm-hmm. offer, right? So, so how to educate is more so,、uh, yeah. Work with a if, if five element theory is something you're really interested in. Work with a Chinese medicine practitioner that can explain it and help you to、um, to really find the right the right style that is、mm-hmm. conducive for your type, right? Right, and. One thing I have interest about learning too today is,、um, can you give us an example? Because I think Carol would say like less psychedelics, more integration. But there's a part of that that is also about harm reduction.、Um, so can you give us an example of a situation where someone might be exploring the idea of doing a psychedelic journey, 
but really shouldn't because you know their body type and the season and the medicine are not quite aligning like maybe someone has too much fire in their body and do ayahuasca during summer for example would that be something that's um, reason enough to not embark on the journey or there there would be like a, a preparation that could maybe best suit that overlap of, of different um, variables um, can you give us an example of, of a situation mm-hmm. like that so that people out there know like mm-hmm. what to look for if they're trying to analyze if it's a good decision or not for their body mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah um you already gave an example there, which is, um, <laughs> which is again very personal. If a fiery person with a lot of yang has enough resources to go into this very yang world as a fiery person, um, as long as they have enough resources and if that is what they need, then um, I support that. It's more so when we see deficiency, right? Like when a person has. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's say we are looking at a, um, a wood type person, like so wood type person, the archetype is, is high achievers. And I see that quite a bit in clinic, especially women, right? Like women that um, have been extremely successful in their life, um, extremely athletic in their life, like running marathons, Mm. like being a CEO of a company, having three children and being a wife, right? And then Mm. wanting, wanting to go deeper into the body. And I see where this wood type person is already, um, has used up a lot of that wood and not nourished with more earth or more water or more metal. And so I would then rather recommend to add more earth in preparation for a um Mm. for a a plant ceremony so to have the resources right and and in regards to season let's say we have a a person that that uh is more wood more high achiever and um wanting to do a plant ceremony during the wood element during the springtime right then even more so it is important to add that element of earth and that resource of yin to mm-hmm. to have a, a healthy experience right they will have an experience no matter what it's just that we don't do any <laughs> damage right and that the body can can really hold space for that very spiritual experience mm-hmm. does that answer right. your question yeah, it does. Thank you. Um, I know you can talk about this for hours and hours, and um, but um, on a high level, it does really answer really well. Um, and one concept that we've talked about a lot too during our, our appointments together is this concept of being whole. Um, and so, uh, pretty much all of us that embark on psychedelic journeys, like we're we're on a journey of feeling wholeness, of thriving, of harmony, um, from the Eastern medicine perspective, what is what is it to be whole? What does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like from from our uh, wisdom that has been passed down for written for over two thousand years. Um, again, it's the concept of yin and yang, balancing yin and yang, balancing the five elements 
and um, and um, understanding the eight influences. And eight influences mm-hmm. is the relation of yin and yang, uh, hot and cold. Um, then um, interior, exterior, right? Like what is what is happening on the exterior and what is happening on the in- interior. Um, mm-hmm. And, and um, we are looking at dryness and wetness, right? And so, so when we start bringing in this, this Western philosophy, uh, this Eastern philosophy, uh, to be whole is to balance all of this, not have too much of either. It's that middle way, like that, that Taoist yeah. way where you're um, not too much wood, not too much fire, earth, um, metal or water. Right? And, and from, uh, from uh, especially with psychedelics, because we are more going in, we're going into this this emotional and spiritual world, right, is, is um, looking mm-hmm. at, at the emotions that each of those elements are carrying. Like if our emotion, that's often re- a reason why we go into a plant medicine, is sadness, right, then mm-hmm. that is represented with the element of, of metal, right? Sadness and grieving. But then there's also this concept of virtues, which is acceptance, right? So, so we can use as a, in preparation to mm-hmm. a plant mer- medicine, we can use that Eastern five element approach in order to really set the stage for a answer that the plant medicine can give you in this theme of your journey of your ancestors, yourself, and your future generations, right? Mm-hmm. When we look at anger, we're looking more at the element of wood, and the virtues are compassion and empathy for, for, for yourself first, right? Mm-hmm. We have a lot of compassion and empathy for others, but do we really have that for ourselves? Right? And when we look at anxiety, we are looking at, at the ele- element of, of fire and and the virtue, the inner medicine we have in Chinese medicine is joy and happiness, really choosing happiness and joy as, as part of our medicine we have on the inside. Right? For, earth, for earth, it is this mm-hmm. emotion of always warring and overthinking. And the medicine is to surrender, is to surrender. And and the fifth element is water, and it's this what we see so much, especially right now during COVID, and is fear, is is existential fear, right? Like the uh, the existential mm-hmm. fear is 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 r- rising by the minute in our society, and and the medicine that we are carrying inside of us in this element of of water is is our intuition really, really listening to that deep connection to our intuition, which was given to us by our ancestors and connecting mm-hmm. with that again, which the plant medicine is, is fantastic to, to, um, to connect mm-hmm. with on that level. Right. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. So, so what, I, what I'm hearing is there's a lot of, uh, <clears throat> 
internal communication with your body and your your inner self really in terms of preparation integration and as the external your environment the seasons the energies and the the place you're at in the world um but there's also a higher level than that which is um the connection to your universe and the connection to your north star like you say um can you tell us more about that because to me it sounds like there's there's three i'm sure there's more layers that i am not aware of but there's three really deep layers that one can connect with in terms of integration, preparation, um, and living life, really. Can you tell us more about that universal higher consciousness piece uh, in relation to psychedelics? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this is, of course, very personal, the way I perceive it, and it's often um, like everybody has their own little concepts around it, but I want to start... Um, answering this question with the way one of my masters is is looking at healing and he said the lowest form of healing is healing disease Mm -hmm. the next level of healing is healing emotions and the highest level of healing is healing consciousness right and that's a huge statement that jeffrey Mm -hmm. un an 88th generation taoist monk from new york is offering here this is like a huge statement and when we are going into this teaching of of emotions and higher consciousness of course the plant medicine is giving us more access to that right just because our brain is not in this normal state of our day-to-day living we are actually exploring other parts and so so this spiritual practice that um that I highly recommend to to be part of in your own authentic way, in your own authentic way that that um, non-lineal thinking and that connection to the North Star, meaning to the universe, um, uh, is 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 I find essential for us humans to be safe, mm-hmm. right? to be safe. So. Um, and, and I always tell my patients there's no protocol on how to do that. Like, I personally I love kiteboarding, right? I love being out in, like, horrendous winds on Kootenai Lake, and that's when I feel the Tao the best, right? And for another person, they're saying, are you nuts? It's, like, not working for me, but that's where I feel spirit, right? That's where I feel connected to the great divine where i feel extremely vulnerable and yet i need to be so present right like this is my way of of connecting which would pascal that probably wouldn't work for you so much <laughs> so, well, you'd be surprised so you I like different... <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so so there is this um this exploration of self that we need to commit to and and find out um, who am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's and, beautiful. Yeah, and and I mean, ancient cultures, ancient cultures um, thought that the stars are the guidance for our life. It's not us who make the decisions, mm-hmm. right? It's actually the stars who make it, and we are just doing what they tell us to do. (laughs) And to me, when I heard that the first time, I thought, oh my God, this is actually the ultimate way of, um, the the ultimate way of being spiritual. 
because you're putting full trust into the universe. Full trust, right? You don't even think about adding anything with your brain. So, right. Yeah, it's like entering flow states almost is what I'm hearing is yeah. um, understanding where to, like, what makes you connect to that higher self. And that could be practices like maybe journaling, uh, maybe it's meditating, maybe it's yoga, maybe it's playing water squirter with your son or playing Lego with your son or um, maybe doing a little bit of strategic road mapping. That's a big part of what I like to do to connect with my higher self is, you know, envisioning the future, not from a place of the brain, but more of the place from the heart and making a ceremony out mm. of that. So um, that yeah. helps me connect to my North Star and, and helps me kind of align like the everyday stuff more in line with the the greater kind of purpose that may or may not be dictated by stars, um, but definitely like adds a lot of richness and authenticity in, in, in everyday life and um, deciding if I want to do medicine or not. Um, those um, higher level uh, anchor points are really useful for um, aligning action. Um, mm -hmm. And we've talked yeah, about intention. Sure. We've talked about intention. We've talked about wisdom. Let's talk a bit about practice. Um, and there's something you said on our introduction call, like a few weeks ago, you mentioned the idea of continuous integration. And I love that idea because obviously at Nectar, we talk about every day is a ceremony and that everything that we do is integration. But what is continuous integration? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is kind of like often difficult because you have to do the work, right? Nobody can do it for you. Oh, there's no freebies <laughs> out uh, there? No. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. This is like that full commitment, right? And I also understand that you know, our life is, is busy, right? Um, our life is busy. And, and I like what just came to me is like one of my teachers at, at Chinese medicine school, I asked her if she's doing her Qigong every day, right? Because she was always positive and she was just like, had so much energy. I was like, when are you doing your Qigong? And her answer was, I'm doing it right now. Mm -hmm. Right. So, so, um, the practice is in the present moment. The practice is in the present moment, that awareness of what choice we are making in our transformation. And so, so that is one that is, can always be there and can always be chosen if you decide to. It's that present mm. moment of, of um, living in your heart in your heart and and if you're truly in your heart you're living from this point of kindness and compassion and love right mm -hmm. abundance mm -hmm. total abundance and humbleness and even vulnerability right these these mm -hmm. encourage and so so the practice lies in the present moment where we have the most influence to do um, to make a shift make a shift right so so that is like um that is definitely the best way to integrate but then we get sidetracked right we get sidetracked we get triggered in our trauma state we get um into our little world of of worries and fear and so then we 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 need to kind of like have some tools and i think the like really nice tools are 
you mentioned before, meditations. There are so many on YouTube that you can choose from, from 10 minutes to like eight hour meditations, like guided meditations that mm-hmm. are focusing on your inner light, your inner abundance. Um, you can use binaural beats, like if you feel like you get triggered or anxiety comes on, it's just to, to bring the frequency down. Right? The other mm-hmm. practice that I like is Qigong, like a basic Qigong. You can do yoga, just even sometimes like doing five minutes of sun salutations makes a big difference mm-hmm. to your day. Right? Yeah. And... Um, and then being on the table, being, being uh, supported by a practitioner in whatever form it is. Like there are so many beautiful modalities. It doesn't have to be Chinese medicine. It can be mm-hmm. cranial sacrum therapy. It can be um, biodynamics. It can be osteopathy, right? Like finding a practitioner that you resonate with that can hold you and you can truly sink into your own body's vulnerability to be whole to be safely whole Mm -hmm. right so that's definitely something i i highly recommend um and we all have to do that we all have to to be on the table yeah those are like just a few examples and then of course um the practice of 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 food is very important because we are Mm -hmm. what we eat right really bringing in the 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 wisdom of, of, of food. Right. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of depth to practices and everyone will have their own kind of, uh, preferred methods and, and philosophies they'll follow, but like uh, almost all of them, if not all of them are valid in some way. I have a question. Are you doing Qigong right now? <laughs> are you practicing right um, now? Yeah, I, I'm trying to. I'm, my heart You're is pretty to. open. I have to say, like <laughs> just answering your beautiful questions, and um, I, I'm trying to. I'm trying to. Like here we go. I just had to check in with my body. <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous just because I'm really doing this not very often. <laughs> well, it's my but, first uh, time too, so we're doing it together. <laughs> together, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, and that, yeah, no, that's a great. Yeah, that's a great segue into um, community. And I, one of the first sessions I did with you, you drew a little triangle with arrows, and it was the cycle of change. It was uh, intention, action, and then support. And I remember thinking, like, well, I've been really good at intention, action, but, like, no support whatsoever <laughs> because I had this, like, lone wolf attitude of just, like, oh, I can handle this. I got this. And... I remember my life changing when I saw the little arrow that said support. And then I was like, whoa, I can ask for support? Like there's people that I can actually help ask for help and it's okay to ask for help. Can you talk more about that cycle of change? Because it's simple, but to me, it just like it was a new world that opened up because of that. Like a lot of people don't ask for support. Yeah, yeah. This is kind of like a concept that I learned at um, it was a five rhythms workshop. Um, at Hollyhock, actually, mm-hmm. and it was a leadership uh, leadership course, and um, we talked about impact. We talked about how can we have impact for ourselves, right? and the facilitator offered this this simple simple concept of the impact triangle, where mm-hmm. when you have a clear intention, and you are 
creating action to support that clear intention. Plus, if you have support, there's an extreme high probability that you're moving forward with impact. Mm-hmm. And so I've been using this concept for my patients when we when there's no guidance, no intention, you know, because some of them are so depleted or um, uh, sick that they need a handrail to hold on to and say, okay, how can I, how can I move forward now? Right. And, mm-hmm. and when we start modeling this triangle of clear intention, action and support, we can model all different kinds of things. We can model mm-hmm. my clear intention is to eat better. What's the action around it and who supports me? And with support, with support, you know, it's not necessarily, it has to be, um, it has to be um, your husband or your wife or um, a practitioner. It can also be like you, the great divine. It could be your spirit animal. It could be mm-hmm. the lords of the Akashic records, right? It could be Mother Teresa, if you believe in Mother Teresa or the Dalai Lama. So, yeah. so, um, and I've had patients that made topographical maps of where the impact triangles were all these different, like, kind of mountains with contouring <laughs> walls. And That's that cool. was the mountains they want to climb and want to conquer is like this clear intention. I want my heart to be more open, for example, right? I want to think more with my heart, right? What's your mm-hmm. action around it and who supports you? So, so that's kind of like the impact triangle that, that helps us to just have a little bit more of a focus and, on, on what we want to do with all of this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, we have questions from the community. They're kind of like rapid-fire questions. Um, I'd love to have you again to expand on some of these concepts because I feel like each one of them can be expanded into uh, a larger conversation. But um, let's go into the rapid fire questions because they are related to all the things we just talked about. Um, And I'll start with the most fun one. Um, If you could have one minute to speak to the entire world, what would you say? It's It's a tough question to answer. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. So imagine the whole world uh, in front came... of you right now, and they're like, Lini Newmeyer, we need some wisdom, or tell us a joke, or whatever you'd like to share with us. What would you like to say? Yeah, the, the first thing that came to my mind is like, be kind to each other. Kindness, mm-hmm. kindness, like be kind mm-hmm. to each other. Um, there's so much going on right now, like with the Ukraine, with COVID, with so many things, right? Like just be kind to each other. Yeah, that's a good one. Mm-hmm. You can never go wrong with mm-hmm. being kind. That's what I found. Mm-hmm. Radical kindness. I think like I like the addition of radical kindness in there because kindness can sometimes mean like you're kind of rolling over and stuff like Jello. But with radical kindness, you say things that need to be said when they need to be said. So, yes, um, quite yeah. like that combination yeah. of words. Um, here's a good one too. What's your favorite classic Eastern philosophical text? Um, well, the most, I think, um, well, there, can I have two? <laughs> um, let me consult with the, uh, Akashic records. Uh, yes, you can. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Okay, so so the first one is the Huang Di Nei Jing, which is um, one of our ancient books on all different kind of uh, concept of Chinese medicine. It's the basis of Chinese medicine. It's it it's a, a compilation of two books, the Ling Shu and the the Su Wen, and it gives mm-hmm. us this conversation between the Yellow Emperor and Qi Bo, his his royal um, doctor. On where the the yellow emperor is asking a question about why do we have four seasons, and Tibo is answering this, these questions in this highly philosophical way. So mm-hmm. this book is is um, the basis of Chinese medicine, and um, no matter how many times you read it, you find new things that come out of it. And then the um, yeah, here we go. I mean, more and more books come into my mind. Right now. <laughs> Only two. Right. right. Um, <laughs> let's just like, the, of course, the Tao Te Ching is 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 another one, uh, but but let's not my use that book. for now. Yeah. Uh, but the other the other book I love so much is um, the Shang Han Lun, which is uh, written by Chang Chong Jing, and it's a herbal book. It's a herbal book. Um, and mm-hmm. I love the introduction so much that talks about, and that book was written, I think, 1,500 years ago, where Zhang Zhengjing is just bitching about Chinese medicine doctors to be greedy and just just trying to make money and create this mm-hmm. business opportunity. And the medicine is about helping people, right? Right. So... So this greediness that we are seeing now in medicine, where it's not about the patients, about how much money you're making, existed at that time too. And Zhang Zhengjing lived during a pandemic and and composed these and 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 researched all these different kind of beautiful uh, herbal formulas based on how the disease progresses into the body. And so. It's a it's a beautiful herbal book that has a lot mm. of commentary too from different doctors along different dynasties in China. But it's a it's a fascinating book. It's it's uh, it's fun for me to contemplate on because I use it for my patients. I use it for my patients and and um, yeah. Here we go. Huang Di Neijing, definitely, and then uh, the Shang Han Lun. Cool. Well, if you come back again, then we'll, you'll get two more you can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what are your thoughts on, um, and these are all questions from our community. I'm, I'm just reading them verbatim. Uh, what are your thoughts on mind-body dualism? Super important. Mind-body-spirit is um, the trinity of health, right? So um, when our body is healthy, we have the opportunity to really enter um, a clear mind. And with that clear mind and body, we can enter spirit. And um, there's this um, other concept around, it's more more in astrology, um, where we are talking about the crystal palace, which is pretty much the area between the pineal gland and the pituitary gland in the brain. So when that connection is established, we actually have that through meditation, we, we have that ability to connect with the North Star. 
with the Polaris, right? And in that mm. lies then that world of higher consciousness. So, so only when the body is healthy and the mind is healthy, we can go into that spiritual world. So body, mind, spirit is, is extremely necessary for us to, to reach those higher levels of consciousness. Mm. And mm -hmm. heal those too, right? Because mm -hmm. we are souls that have had, you know, thousands of years of, of experience, right? And there's lots of trauma in that higher consciousness that needs to be um, reconciliated. Right. A never-ending journey of healing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it will never end. <laughs> it will never end. That's part of the fun. Um, what is your spiritual, spiritual he or she said practice like? Like, what is what is your kind of everyday integration, um, mind, body, and soul practices? Yeah. Um, so I I love um, being with my patients. I really find that the work I do is a little bit of a meditation for me when I'm when I'm working on my patients because I'm. I um, I try to to connect with their energy, right? Uh, I try not to absorb it as much as possible, but I try to connect with it, which requires me to be as clear and open as possible, right? So mm -hmm. so I I would integrate this um, this world of healing as part of my practice for myself and my patients are my healers. Right. They're my healers. And so so that's one. And then um, I like having my cup of tea in bed in the morning. And that's part of my meditation. I do that on purpose. Like that, that gratitude, that abundance to start the morning with warmth of the tea, right? Of the herb of the mm. tea. And, and really, really looking into nature. Like I am fortunate to have a beautiful bedroom where I can look into the forest. I can look into onto the mountains. And so that, mm -hmm. that beginning of the day from the East is, is one of my daily practices. But then I also, and my boyfriend can, uh, can confirm that like I need to be out in nature a lot. So I ski tour in the winter. Like I said, I kiteboard. Um, I, I try to be in nature as much as possible. And then my dog, <laughs> my dog is my healer as well. Like she is so in the present moment that she's teaching me also and, and making me practice to be in the present moment. Um, mm -hmm. since I do have quite a few patients and I'm quite busy, um, I try to, to really, um, not overdo and, and create this, big protocol just because that's not who I am. I'm a snake in Chinese medicine. Snakes are just wiggling through their way like, <laughs> and they are hiding kind of thing. So <laughs> with my personality and with my um, constitution, right, this works well for me and I, I, um, I hope I can stay healthy that way. Right on. Yeah, that's, that's good to know. Um, and Here's a good question as well, and it's the last one. Um, when it comes to physical pain and illness, is it possible to bring the body back into balance with TCM and herbs alone? Or is there a point of no return when the body becomes too sick and modern medical interventions, interventions are the only way? And I'll have a follow-up question to that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, it's a... 
Yeah, this is a, a very interesting question because we see x-rays where joints are deformed and people are not in pain. And we see x-rays of perfectly fine joints and people are in pain. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and it depends, I have to say it depends um, how damaged the body is, right? Um, I do have patients that live with chronic pain um, because of many surgeries, of many accidents, um, and also um, because of their constitution. And there we manage pain to the best ability with herbs, with acupuncture, with tuning forks, with cranial circumtherapy, and so on. But I also um, find that that um, the more we are practicing that body-mind-spirit connection, uh, the more space we create in our meridians. And when our meridians are open, um, our tissue is going to be nourished with chi and blood. And that then reduces pain. So mm-hmm. old Chinese saying, you've heard me say that many times, Pascal, that chi through no pain, chi mm-hmm. no through pain. <laughs> right? right. So, so with acupuncture, we can promote the the flow of chi in a in the regular in the 12 regular meridians and the eight extraordinary meridians we can do that um, with lifestyle and with the commitment of the patient to integrate spaciousness inside of the body with meditation with not working too much not working too little with mm-hmm. regulating the emotions with um, looking at the virtues and the medicines we are carrying inside, um, I believe we can reduce a lot of pain, a lot of pain. And sometimes um, I'm just, you know, sharing my own story where I had a climbing accident when I was 17. And after 35 years, my and, and I broke the head of my femur. And after 35 years, I was in excruciating pain for almost 10 years, where then, Mm -hmm. and I tried everything, and I decided on getting a hip replacement, which I did in 2016, where Western medicine was shining, right? And it was absolutely Mm -hmm. shining. So so sometimes we need to make decisions that are helping us to... um, to repair something, <laughs> even so, I always say the car, the body is not a car. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is this concept of um, of we we are in 2022 now. We have modern med- medicine that is helping. Um, but but along that 10 year of pain, I've done a lot of inner cultivation, a lot of learning about myself, learning about my ancestors, learning about my personality, my soul, my body, my spirit connection. And, and that helped me, I think, to recover really well from that um, hip surgery, which I pass on to all the patients that come, can you prepare me for my hip surgery? <laughs> right? It's like, yeah, there are emotions in there. You got to look at it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, so pain is an interesting subject. Pain is a, um, a great, a great um, topic to talk about. And pain is your master that will also be your healer. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and the two the two different perspectives on on health and um, health modalities are the Eastern and Western. They complement each other. Like my friend, uh, one of my friends went through cancer a few years ago, and he was like, "I was so grateful for the Western medical system because it's really good at saving my life, basically." And so, yeah, I, I think both both work together. Like there's. And do you think there's a bit of a yin and yang quality to the Western and Eastern medicine, or is that, you know, would you say the Western is a bit more yang and the Eastern is a bit more yin, or is that not really a thing? Uh, I think um, I, I don't know. I don't know. That's let me think about that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. um, Perfect. The, like, of course, of course, everything is yin and yang, and there's always yin within yang and yang within yin. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Chinese medicine can be extremely young. Think about the herb futsa, which is an agonite, which is the root of the monkshood, and it's like the hottest herb you can ever imagine. It's the youngest herb you can think of. Right. Okay. And so, mm-hmm. so there's always there's always um, a yin and a yang side within within everything within everything. Yeah. The Western medicine has a a more scientific approach. Um, and the Eastern medicine, um, now slowly but surely is also scientifically proven, but it also puts into the consideration that the body is alive and it's not a cadaver. And it also Mm -hmm. puts into the consideration that our emotions are influencing our health and our, um, and our, um, our body, which is really hard to measure. It's really hard to measure, and so it's really difficult to, um, yeah. I mean, we're we're starting to accept placebo, right? The effect of placebo. So, so I think mm. eventually, I hope they will merge together. I hope so. <laughs> cool. Then maybe we can all elevate into a higher consciousness and dissipate into the light together. <laughs> That'd be nice. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be nice. Well, thank you so much, Lainey, for for uh, discussing with us today and sharing some of your wisdom. Love to have you on again to talk more about these things and the Eastern perspective on psychedelics and integration. Um, And in the meantime, um, I'll invite everyone to stay tuned for the next episode where we'll be talking to my best friend, David Gomes, who's a, a... uh, mindfulness teacher, although he wouldn't like to call himself a teacher, he is a teacher. Um, and he'll have some interesting perspectives to share on uh, mindful integration and living life uh, every day as a ceremony. So, thank you very much for tuning in and stay tuned for more. Thank you, everyone. Take care. Thank you.